Welcome to Terminal Talk, the podcast on mainframe and mainframe related topics. I'm Frank. And this is Jack. <laughs> and our guest today is Marta Wally, who is STSM and the ZOS install guru. Is that good enough? Yeah, Frank? that sounds fine, Frank. Anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can you tell us uh, what's it like to be a install guru these days? Oh, it's great fun. You know, I, 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 I started in the installation group right out of college. And I got to tell you, I just, I've loved working on a wide system and looking at a variety of things. I love trying to get software up and running and configured and using, you know, old functions again, when you get a new release installed and things look different. And I like using brand new functions as well. So from my point of view, the installation, that's where it's at. You know, I love working on that topic. And and Z kind of has a distinction between build and install. Uh, I'm, I'm probably even saying that wrong. I'm wondering if you can kind of clear up or kind of delve into what install really entails on Z. Yeah. So, well, the build part is, is I think we're probably talking more about the packaging side. So you can uh, package software such that it, you know, makes it easier to install. And unfortunately on ZOS, we have, uh, we have different ways that you can do packaging and it's been, you know, more complicated. And of course we have the the lovely bulletproof SMPE product, which I'm sure you've uh, already talked about on this podcast with, with Kurt about, but we have SMPE, which is wonderful, but the complicated thing is that not everybody has embraced SMPE. So we end up with a, a myriad of different install solutions, which has made, you know, packaging rather interesting. And then that, you know, whiplashes into the install side of the world, you know, give it to a system programmer to install and they have to know a whole bunch of different ways of trying to get things installed. But generally, I talk about install, and it's really a whole bunch of different things. It starts off all the way from when you order software, uh, and you go to acquire it, to you lay it down onto your you know volumes, and you've got it you know put onto your disks, and you're ready to to use it. Then you've got to do some configuration work associated with that. Uh, yeah, then you do activation work, and then you have to start testing some verification. And then you move into having to do installation because we always have updates to do, you know, there are defects in code and then you got to put fixes on. And so we have to get into the servicing world. And then you move even past that into either you go end of life for a product or what I hope to see on the ZOS platform is that you upgrade to another operating uh, system level or a new program product release level and you start that whole thing again. So that's really what I see install is it's that whole wide uh, selection that you go all the way from ordering all the way through, uh, you know, upgrading. So that's a lot more than just an install shield. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And we have to deal with a lot more things than install shield, I think, has to deal with as well. So how are you taking that old uh, SMPE thing and upgrading it so that it it doesn't require a PhD in installing things on ZOS? Yeah. Um, now, first of all, don't scare anybody. SMPE is there. It's going to always be there. It has some capabilities that are just envious by other platforms, I'm sure, if they even knew what, the, what they were, because <laughs> uh, they haven't ad advanced that far, I'll say. But um, so SMP is going to be there and it, it will remain that way. So don't anybody worry about that. But the thing is, we want to make it easier and we want to also embrace things that are not SMP package. 
So when we look at more modern software management, we see it more encompassing. It can encompass S&P packaging items, which is wonderful. We love those. Uh, those offer an incredible amount of serviceability and availability and auditability of what's on your system. But we also then have to expand into things that are you know, more general, non-S&P installed. And when we look at new things coming to the ZOS platform, I mean, those are usually things that might have come from another platform and they don't even, they can't even spell SMP, let alone want to be packaged in it. So we've got to think about, you know, how we can get those packaged and put onto the platform and then make sure that you don't need a PhD to do that because you shouldn't, it shouldn't be very hard to install a product on a platform and be able to service it. And that's kind of where we're going right now. How how is that even like a task that's that's like if you can, we, we've done SMPE before but I'm still just uh, <laughs> amazed by the fact that it works because there seems to be like an infinite number of ways that you could possibly configure a system yet once you let it crunch everything it comes up with like the right course of action so h- how is that even possible given the number of ways that you can you know set up and configure and install and choose and not to install ma- install maintenance on a system. Yeah, so S&P rather, um, it's very good at putting the parts all together and putting them down onto the disk. Um, And those we have a a structured way of identifying how to do that. And that usually is pretty straightforward. And everybody kind of uses and follows those instructions that we have in in S&PE to put things down on and you use the, you know, structured commands to do that, which we're hoping to, to raise the abstraction level and make it a whole lot easier than having to know what the right commands are in a batch job. But we also then have the configuration, like you said, and the configuration is where you get the real headache because, you know, with an operating system that's so old, it's been tweaked and customized and, you know, everything. We have so many knobs on the operating system. So when you get down into the configuring part, that's where it really gets hard because everybody wants to keep what they have and tell everybody else, you know, you don't, we don't need your knobs. We just need my knobs, which makes it really hard to do. And so we're, you know, trying to make it so that the install shield is just the, you know, lay down option. And that's really hard because if we want to put configuration into the operating system, not everybody is, you know, going to have probably as many knobs. So what we do is we keep all the knobs we have. We try to not create all that many new ones. And we encourage people if they want to, you know, start gradually drifting off of their unique settings into a more common setting, that is something to do. And then what we'd like to look in the future is, you know, hey, if you want a system where we manage all those knobs for you, if you can get to this package uh, format with this configuration, you know, there you go. You've got the nirvana there, right? Because we've got all of the knobs put the way that we think is the best way to do for maybe a certain environment, you know, maybe be that a high availability, a high secure, a small dev test environment, you know, a couple of configuration settings for different types of environment. And if one of those environments really is attractive to you, you can pick it up and then there you go. All of your configuration settings are there. And then the package itself, it has the configuration that you need. So that's the kind of long term idea that we're trying to move towards. But it is the configuration and the decades of changes that people have put in the operating system. And they just sometimes don't want to get rid of them or can't get rid of them because their workloads won't let them get rid of them, right? That they've got to run these workloads and they need those settings. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So I actually had written down as like a a question to ask, like, it it seems like in the, in the cloud type world, uh, upgrades and migration, and we can talk about the differences of those words later is not as much of an issue because it's just, well, here's a new one. 
we, we know what the new version looks like. So here's the latest version of it. And it sounds like there is a push to to get to this uh, get to the stream that we're recommending and the version that, that we are configuring ahead of time for you. Yeah, I think so. I think there is a use case for doing that, right? Uh-huh. So some people that maybe don't want to have a super experienced person and they are looking at, you know, let's get this more standardized. And, and if my workload will work in there, yeah, let, let's get there. So absolutely, I think there is a use case for it. And of course, there's other people out there that when hear that, they're going to say, no way, right. I don't want to <laughs> use that, right? And so I, I like that you know, we'll uh... still have all that around. And that's where we get kind of more into the upgrade thing where, you know, Things have changed now and how you have to accommodate it. I, I like that because uh, as soon as the word push left my mouth, I'm like, uh-oh, I said something <laughs> I should have been, you, you countered with. There is a use case for that. So, yes, that's. thank you for reeling that back in. <laughs> yeah, it's not the use case. It is a use case, yes. In, in this new environment you're talking about, ZOSMF plays a huge role, right? Oh, absolutely. It's really the foundation of a lot of the things we're doing. Because if you look at before we had ZOSMF, we had a lot of difficulties trying to hook in modern capabilities with something that just wasn't designed or could handle it, right? But with ZOSMF, we really have the ability now to look at modern software management where we can hook up automation to things. We can have programs associated with it. We can have a GUI associated with it, which then offers you use cases. You know, oh, if I want to step through a GUI, there you go. You got ZOSMF, you got the GUI and you can step through and you can have a plugin that can help you and a wizard that can guide you through this. Also, you know, associated with ZOSMF, we have an entire catalog of REST APIs where folks to say, oh, I want to do automation. I don't want to look at a GUI. I want to do this. You know, I do this a million times a day. I don't want to go through a GUI. Give me the REST API so I can write a program. Well, there you go. You got ZOSMF serving REST APIs so that you can, you know, do with whatever you want to with those, Right. So it really is the foundation of a lot of this this modern software management that that offers simplicity. I bet if Frank uh, grew his hair long and didn't shower, he'd look like a gooey wizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to go back to ZOSMF for a second because because it, it sounded like for a while that that uh, workflows were going to um, play a part in in automating um, software delivery and upgrades and all that kind of stuff. Is that is that still the case? That is a way, yeah, of of how a we use are case. doing. Yeah, a, a use case. <laughs> again, yes, <laughs> um, because think about if you have a component and it might be rather difficult to configure. You might have to go through twenty or thirty steps. And so, you know, I'm an IBM component owner, and I've delivered something very awesome, and I want people to use it. And and so, what I'm thinking about here is ZCX, right? ZCX has a lot of steps you have to go through in order to configure it. And so that component has handily provided everybody a workflow step. And that workflow is very simple. It's very easy to use. A lot of it is automated. And you know what? When a user goes through to set up ZCX, they're executing the configuration and initialization steps according to what the component needs exactly. So there's no room for error here, right? It will be configured exactly the way that the, co- the component wants to be configured because they've used the supplied workflow. And then that workflow can even be you know, automated um, and, and called with automation, which is awesome. 
So what we'll see then is that components and new functions will not be configured incorrectly. And even better than that, getting back to the knobs, we might not have to even provide as many knobs because we're setting it up the right way the first time for you to, for you to get you know, in and up and running all that much faster. So workflows really is a way of getting that done. Now that's on the delivery side of, of functions. But then we have the other side of, you know, what about customers saying, well, you know, I have series of tasks that I have to go through and can I create my own workflow? Absolutely, you can create your own workflow, right? That is a solution to do that if you'd like, right? And uh, users will be able to create more than just workflows, right? They'll be able to create their own packaging um, for stuff that meets their installation. Yeah, that's what's really interesting because we've got this more modern packaging method that we have now, which can encompass SMP or non-SMP, like I keep saying. Um, a lot of customers are saying, well, listen, if you're going to package this and you're going to allow me to package it with ZOSMF with a very guided way of going through this, can I package up my application? Yeah, package up your application, put it in you know, a package for ZOSMF, which we call the software instance. You could package it up, you can distribute it with it. You could service it with it. You could do whatever you want to with it because all of those things are at your fingertips now with ZOSMF's capability today. Now, will all the information about that package somehow end up in SMPE? Well, it depends. <laughs> so it depends. If you're going to package something that's already SMP installed, then of course you you know you're kind of bundling at the SMP knowledge that you've already got. But there's a lot of metadata associated with that package, and that metadata won't live right within the SMP CSI itself. But you know what? It will live within ZOSMF. So I can, with the REST APIs, I can query that information, I can pull it out, I can look at it, I can do whatever I want to with it, right? So I could have, you know, extra information in these packages beyond what's in SMP today. Or if you don't have SMP in that, uh, package products in that thing, you can have, you know, all other information in there that never you could have today, right? So, so basically, ZOSMF becomes uh, an added repository for the information uh, on how I've installed uh, software on this system. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just how you've installed it, but, but what it is, where it came from, how to get some more information about it, right? It, it's got a lot of other information in it, too. Mm-hmm. And will this will this be something that I can deal with on a data center level? Would it be more uh, uh, Sysplex oriented, or is it really just something for this particular LPAR? Well, what's really nice about ZOSMF is you can have you know a typical scenario that in a Sysplex you would have one ZOSMF server, and in another Sysplex, a typical scenario would be that you would have another ZOSMF server. But what's, you know, the gorgeous thing about ZOSMF today is these servers know about each other and can communicate with each other. So you can, can truly get an enterprise view across all of your sysplexes. And even if they're monoplexes, that's fine too. You know, no problem there at all. You can get an entire enterprise view of what is in your software repertoire, your software inventory when these things start to um, start being connected together and you can start looking at a lot of that meta information and being able to service it or package with it or install with it or upgrade with it. Now, I, I know that for a fact that not everybody is excited about updates and migration and putting on the latest <laughs> software as, as we all are and, and obviously Marna. Um, 
and I know that some people like to hang back like a, a release cycle or maybe just, you know, watch somebody else. And that's, that's, I, you know, based on horror <laughs> survival movies, that, that always is the smart move. You don't want to be in the front because then you run into the traps, but you don't want to be last because then like the zombies or whatever get you. But what is like a, a recommended approach to software, you know, upgrades, updates, migration. Again, I'm going to get my hand slapped for using the wrong <laughs> words there, but for, for staying up to date, um, without just constantly being in a, in an upgrade cycle. Okay. So let, let's take the, the vocabulary first. Um, in <laughs> yeah. ZOS 2.4, we changed the word migration to really upgrade. So now when we're talking about at least the operating system, we're talking about upgrade the operating system. And this is really, a, upgrade is a much better word than the word for migration, because upgrade really brings with it the connotation that you are bringing lots more functions. You can uh, upsell your your capabilities in this software. Right? You've got a whole slew of additional new functions that you can take advantage of. So that's why really upgrade is is really better than migrate. Migrate's just like kind of like okay, I was here and then I moved there and I didn't do anything you know different. So that's why we kind of tend to work, use the word upgrade, and I think it's a better word since ZOS two point four. So where do people upgrade to and what would be my recommendation? First of all, my absolute recommendation, and this is an easy one, you can guess what it is going to (laughs) be, is stay service supported, right? The worst kind of upgrade I've unfortunately had to deal with is when folks do not stay service supported. And, you know, we have three consecutive releases of ZOS, and I know that subsystems have their own um, consecutive release support policy. But in the operating system, we have three consecutive releases. So you really can't stay uh, behind more than two levels before you get yourself into an unsupported or a difficult position if you wanted to move to the most current. So you'd be looking at something like a double jump, which is, I hate saying that. I don't like it when that happens, but, you know, depending on the situation, that would be what one of the scenarios would be, or an unsupported upgrade, which is, again, not a good thing. So looking at either one of those options, you do not want to be in either one of those options. And so what you want to do is you want to stay service supported. And that may be that you go to a, uh, the, the next release or you skip a release, but no more than that. Do, do you think, though, that when people really have this whole thing in hand, that that kind of problem kind of goes away? Because I can, I can migrate up using, you know, all, all the stuff that you've included in ZOSMF, or am, am I giving too much credit to the, to the way you guys are doing this? <laughs> no, well, I, I, I have heard, you know, I've been doing upgrade work for a long time and I love it. It's I love this one of my favorite activities I do in development is upgrade. And I've been hearing that over the releases, it is getting much easier to upgrade. Okay. And so that is a good thing. So people are tending, hopefully, to stay more service supported because it is easier to do. Okay, so that is a good thing to do. And then on top of that, we've had things with the introduction of the upgrade workflow, which has made it not even a little bit easier to do, I hope. Um, It's made it more stable so that you can see where you have to change and where you don't need to change. And that has been really helpful as well. So I'm hoping that we've got a lot of things working together more with the you know modern uh, upgrade and installation methods, where it's all kind of coming together. And that means that upgrade is less risky uh, people are able to do it more, and they're also able to stay service supported. So, and ZOSMF again plays a very large role in that. I, I've worked with a bunch of uh, businesses who haven't really always 
made sure that all of their subsystems or all of their subsystem instances um, are kept up to uh, what's in SMPE. Uh, is there going to be an easy way to kind of rope all that uh, kind of legacy issue uh, and fix it as, as they move forward? Well, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm thinking of the IBM subsystems. They're all SMP installable. And I'm hoping that if a customer had a subsystem that was SMP install and they kind of lost their SMP control over it, that kind of is raising a little bit of a red flag to me. So I'd like to understand what was going on there. But the idea is, you know, let's put that behind us and look at what's happening now. Well, we have the ability to have the subsystem delivered in ZOSMF and have the installation or the deployment of them much easier to handle. And um, I would say allowing ZOSMF to do more of the work than an individual system programmer would, which might make it easier and less error prone. So I would hope that you would never drift away from what we know is an SMP environment because we would always have that associated with that software once we're into the ZOSMF environment. Is that, is that where you're going? Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was looking for. Do, do you see okay. uh, the need for discovery tools uh, in, in that environment to, to help make things easier? Or <laughs> Oh, I'm laughing because, you know, the first thing when I got out of college and I, I came into the, um, you know, the building and installation group and I was like, we mean you can't find this stuff out on your own, your mainframe, and you're like having to ask somebody about it? Yeah, we, we need a whole lot more discovery. We've got, you know, we keep moving forward on it. We've got some things um, like with health checks, we are able to do some health checks and that really helps us do more discovery when we're work when we're looking at a, an upgrade of software to one release to another, we can run some health checks and they'll help us. So that's a little bit of a discovery that we've got going on. We need a whole lot more discovery. Um, the answer to do we need more discovery is yes, yes, and yes, <laughs> because until it's, you know, single button upgrade and single button install, then we need more discovery. Do you see uh, where you're going with ZOSMF uh, managing a lot of this stuff, a lot more automation? Do you see AI playing a key role in the future with with a lot of this infrastructure? Yeah, I mean, and that might help with the discovery thing. If we can wrap AI in with discovery and find out where workloads need things and get some insights in there, really, we might be able to, you know, use that information and, you know, I'm thinking just one one use case would be going back to those knobs. You know, why are you setting that knob? You don't have any workflow that ever use it. I've, I've you know, evaluated your system. Let's get <laughs> rid of that matter. knob, right? So right. And things like that can really help. And yeah, the future would really help if we could, you know, get AI associated with it as well. Exactly. And that's going to be really important, right? In the future when, when new sysprogs come in and, Maybe they haven't been briefed on what uh, the retired sysprog had in mind when they set all this stuff up. Um, having tooling that can say, hey, uh, maybe 10 years ago that was important, but you don't really need that anymore. Let's fix that for you. I mean, that kind of thing is going to be really, really important. Uh, oh, I, I think so, too. I, I'm wondering whether all these knobs and user exits are even needed anymore, but that's just me. I, I'm, you know, I'm just wondering that when people ask me, do I need to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. What's your workload? You tell me, right? Right. I got to watch you in action a, a couple times. And 
you, know, you you seem to know all of the pitfalls pitfalls is the wrong word here but like things to prepare for things to do ahead of time when going from one, from one release to the next you know make sure you have this member in your parm live make sure you don't have one of these in your parm live do you think that like upgrade technician and i don't even know if that's like the right name is that like a a career path that somebody who's new in mainframe could possibly you know, aspire to be, or do you think this all falls under just being a good sysprog? Um, I would hope that a good sysprog would do more than just install stuff, especially since, you know, we want installation work to become much simpler, but, you know, of course, and I'm going to say this cause I've heard this from a lot of my sysprog friends is it's, when it gets simpler, it just really kind of handles it more itself, but it doesn't mean that you totally don't need to understand what's going on underneath the system. Right. You should never if your system's down at 3 AM and you need to know, Oh, that's the Parm Live member X, Y, Z, and they need to go change it. That's going to save your, you know, your availability when it, when it really counts. So you do need to know some things in your career path in order to, to understand that. But I think basically it will lower the skill or skill level and also will, will remove more of the problems so that you don't necessarily hit a lot of them so that you need, you know, to have, a, you know, a 30 year old, you know, Merlin bearded guy out there saying, <laughs> Oh, you know, that was that perm life member that did that. Right. So we, we want to get there, but I think there still is a career path for it. And I would really love to see where install and upgrade is just kind of like a, a, a easy push button kind of thing you do and you trust the system and everything's good. And then wouldn't it be great if these system programmers were really spending most of their time going out with the new functions that we keep pumping out in PTFs all the time and just saying, oh man, I need to do that. That is awesome. You know, that one's for encryption and I need to start getting moving on that, you know, and this one is for, you know, compression and I got to go work on that. I mean, those new things are the things that really leverage the mainframe to be as powerful as it is. And, you know, those are the things that I think they should be working on. They shouldn't be working on how do I get from, you know, release one to release two. <laughs> Preach. Do, do you see a, a future where system programmers will not necessarily be involved in software installation that yes they'll obviously be uh there to do upgrades of the operating system but do you think you're going to get to a point where the sysprog isn't needed uh for um many of the product installations maybe the subsystems uh, the bigger subsystems you'll you'll need that because of planning but hey i, I just want to install this set of software on my machine, do I really need to get a sysprog involved? Do you see that as a future? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd love to put that and <laughs> make that such an easy task that it, it really isn't a system programmer that necessarily needs to do that. And I know that there's a lot of ways and things we have to do to get to that before, you know, now and then, but you got to keep that in mind. You got to start shooting for that goal, right? It shouldn't, putting software on ZOS should not be any harder than putting software on your, you know, my windows machine. Right. So I shouldn't have to be a system programmer to, uh, on windows to put some software on. Okay. I understand it. Let's start moving in that direction for ZOS. Yes. We've got a lot of things we need to do there, you know, and, it, but yeah, I mean, we need, we need my job as a development system programmer would to be put some system programmer tasks out of business, right? <laughs> like in <small>. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I like to think of it as giving the system programmer something more meaty to work on and, yes. and not be worried about the trivia. Exactly. 
Well, we're coming up to the bottom of the hour here. Uh, I want to take this opportunity. Thanks. Thank you, Morna, for coming and talking to us. This is exactly uh, what I think people want to understand, uh, how we're changing the, the install of, of software on Z is going to be really important. Um, and, you know, by the time you're finished, you know, e even I'll be able to do it. Yeah, that'll be good. I'm going to sign you up to and install the next ZOS there, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait for awesome. the CST package. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks. No, no, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me and letting me uh, talk about this. This is definitely one of my most favorite subjects. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Oh man, Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off. <laughs>